Welcome to the KMU View Review Podcast. I'm Andy Davis and this is episode 5 of season 10. And today's episode is all about choice. To be or not to be. Should I stay or should I go? The hokey cokey. Deciding between one thing and another is hard enough, but when customers are buying a new kitchen or bathroom, they have thousands of possible options in front of them. But can you have too much choice? Are there just too many products on the market? Just how many sinks or basins, taps or showers, ovens or hobs do you really need to go through? And are most of them so similar that it's really hard to find the differences and what their actual value to the consumer is? And does the level of choice ultimately leave the customer frustrated and just wanting something straightforward and simple? We're talking it all through with a couple of great retailers new to the podcast, Dawn Theobald Park from Dovetail Kitchens in West Sussex and Andy Stockwell from Gardner Haskins in Bristol. But first, this episode is coming out on November the 16th, which is famous around the world as being the closing day for entries in the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2024. If you're listening to this on the day, then you've only got until 5 o'clock to get those entries in. I promise you that really is the cutoff. If you're listening after that, it's time to book your tickets to the big awards event itself. It's on March the 4th at the Hilton Birmingham Metropole. And as you probably know, that's the Monday night of the KBB show. So you don't want to miss it. Go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards to find out everything you need to know about entering and booking your tickets. And that link is in the episode description. So, as promised, here are two newbie podcast retailers. We have Dawn Theobald Park from Dovetail Kitchens in West Sussex. Hello, Dawn. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for your time. And we have Andy Stockwell from Gardner Haskins in Bristol. Hello, Andy. Morning, Andrew. Morning, Dawn. Good morning. <laughs> Let's start with the obvious, the bit of background to tell us about yourselves. Let's start with you, Andy. Tell us all about Gardner Haskins. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. So, um, Gardner Haskins, as you said, is a West Country based home retailer really it's a department store for the home so we're not a specialist as such in the branch i'm at which is in sorencester it caters for everything from bathrooms furniture electricals paint soft furnishings you name it fits for the home that's what we do the bristol branch is slightly different it is more specialist it is a kitchens and bathroom specialist. They've also got furniture and beds, but the main thing there is kitchens and bathrooms. Very long established, independent company, very well respected locally, very loyal customer base. That's Gardner Haskins. Brilliant. Dawn, tell us all about Dovetail Kitchens. My husband and myself, we both from Dovetail Kitchens. Um, we're a little working showroom on the outskirts of Worthing. And I guess over the years now, we're very fortunate to attract um, mainly the 45 to 70 year old market, who we get on ever so well with, who appreciate a stylish, um, practical kitchen, um, obviously good quality. But also on top of that, you know, they really appreciate our focus, attentive um, customer service. Many years ago, we used to work for many of the large retailers. And then um, I think at the time, MFI going down, that's when we went out on our own. And I say we've had the kitchen showroom for about 10 years now and um, it's hard work, but we would never go back. Fantastic. So two very different businesses there. And I think two very contrasting views, I'm sure, of, of choice, which is what we're going to talk about today. Let's start with you, Andy, because the way to set up Gardner Haskins there, it's almost as if I planned it this way. It's a store with a huge amount of choice in it. So let's just go right to the nub of the, of the fundamental question here. Can you have too much choice for consumers? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting question, Andrew, actually. I think if we talk specifically about bathrooms and kitchens, I think the, the key thing is, no, you can't have too much choice. 
because everyone's tastes are different. However, what you need to know is what the choice of your customers is so that you can target that because you can't show the full range to everybody. It's just not physically possible. Even online, it's not on impossible to show everything that's available, everything that's out there. So choice is important. You need to show, I think, as much as possible for your customer base, for your target market, but you'll never show everything and you shouldn't try to show everything because it can be confusing. I think the hardest customers to to provide for are those who don't really know what they want. So if you try and show them too much, then that then becomes confusing. But if they come into your showroom with an idea of what they want, they probably come to you because that's what you're offering. And therefore, it makes the decisions a bit easier. But essentially, no, I don't think there can be too much choice in the market generally. But for individual retailers, it has to be narrowed down to suit your target customer and the right demographic. What do you think, Dawn? Can there be too much choice? Yeah, in contrast to Andy there, you've got a small showroom. There's just a a couple of people working there that are dealing with customers on a very face-to-face basis. Can there be too much choice? Can too much choice confuse the customer? I think if the customer walked into a massive showroom and they didn't speak to really in the showroom, it would absolutely overwhelm them. All these different kitchen ranges, all the hundreds of appliances. We're quite fortunate in that when customers come to us, we know they want a decent brand that's going to give them peace of mind. And it's all quite straightforward. But at the end of the day, these companies have done the market research. There's obviously going to be a market out there for all these new tweaks they're doing to the products. But us as, you know, a kitchen showroom, we try to understand what our customer wants and we'll show them a a nice handful of, um, for instance, appliances. We just don't overwhelm them because, like you say, it's just too much. And we know our market. We don't upsell as such. We'll just give them what they've asked for. You know, over the years, we've seen quotes coming from other customers might bring a quote in and some of these put a all single all dancing top of the range Neff oven on there, but they didn't ask for it. So it's down to you as the, you know, the showroom to give them what they've asked for and just don't overwhelm them really and just home tune into what they're asking for. I suppose, Andy, that, as you say, choice is a really good thing. And when people are making decisions that they might have to live with for, I don't know, 10, 20 years, they want to have a, a lot of choice. They want to have lots of options to put in front of them. I suppose part of the question about choice is whether there's enough differential between the things they're choosing between. Like, how many basins, how many sinks can there possibly be? And if they all seem very similar or very much of the same ilk, that's when choice becomes overwhelming a bit. That's when it becomes noise. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Andrew. I've not been in the bathroom sector for that long. I've been retailing for over 30 years, but I've only been relatively new to the bathroom sector. So we put a new showroom into our Sirencester store, which I basically designed from scratch with no real prior knowledge of the bathroom market. So I spent about three months literally plowing through bathroom brochures from dozens of bathroom companies. And at times I found it overwhelming. Every company, for example, will have a slab-fronted furniture range, a shaker-style furniture range, every single one. So as a consumer, identifying the differences and understanding why one is different to another or not and so on and so forth and why one's more expensive or costs more, that can be overwhelming for sure. There is definitely a lot of noise in that respect. I think um, somebody launches a product and everyone else thinks, oh, that's good. We ought to have one of those. So they launch one as well and so on and so forth until everybody's got one and then somebody comes up with something new and then everybody finally cons on and makes their own version of that as well. So it's almost inevitable that different suppliers, different manufacturers will have a very similar product. 
how you decide amongst all that that's the tricky part that's that's where things i think become confusing so yeah basically there is a lot of noise there is a lot of product with no real differential that's when choosing becomes difficult yeah I mean, I guess, Dawn, when customers come to you, they must have done some research themselves already. They must have sat on the internet and Googled some things before they've got to you. That must enhance the confusion because if things are just presented to you in a very sort of Google results kind of way, it's very hard to spot the difference between anything, isn't it? It's almost like, how I often say, it's, it's years ago when you used to do your own work. You know, you'd go to your parents' encyclopedia and you had the info at hand. Granted, it wasn't a massive amount, but it did the job. Now, you know, my children were doing homework. I was just overwhelmed how much choice there was. And the same, say, if you go on the internet, I just think it's so overwhelming. And this is why you need the human interaction to come into the showroom or on the phone with us. And, you know, we're going to listen to what you want and not just overwhelm you with the, the most up-to-date gizmo just because it's out there. We all want a decent level of product, but there's no point upselling to the higher market to, to all these extra buttons because, you know, at home, we probably all just use the same two programs on our washing machine, our dishwasher. You're absolutely right, Dawn. That's a great example, actually, because we sell washing machines and uh, if there was one that only had three functions, we would sell bucket loads of them, to be honest, because everyone only uses three functions so it's a really great example yeah and i think there's so much technology out there at the moment it is crazy and it's fantastic and it all has its positives but i don't know because there's just so much sometimes you just want to bring it back and just keep things simple and you just want something in life to be reliable work hard look good and just do its job and that's what our customers are after. But I do appreciate, for instance, the younger market, maybe, you know, that the folk up in London, they want the Wi-Fi operated um, appliances to operate when they're not at home. But for us, we're still quite old fashioned and that we're quite happy all to stand in front of the appliance and turn it on in front of it. But as I say, they've obviously done their market research. There's obviously markets out there for these type of appliances. And it's just putting information in front of your, your customer that they want to hear. I think part of it is, particularly with kitchens, but also with bathrooms, but particularly with kitchens, there's so many sort of fixed sizes of things that you can't really differentiate very much on how it looks and the size of it and the width of it and the depth of it, if you know what I mean, particularly with things like ovens or hobs or, or that kind of thing, or even doors for that matter. So you're kind of limited in what you can change that's different than the one before it. And so it becomes down to very small details like how many programs it has or whether it will have a pizza stone in it or whether, you know, all these functions that, as you say, most people don't use. And so you end up with this idea of all I want is something that will go to 180 for half an hour because that's pretty much what I use most of the time but then it's very hard to differentiate if you're a brand that's part of the problem isn't it everyone's trying to have as much as possible crammed into whatever they produce whether it's uh, units or whether it's uh, appliances and nobody wants to be seen to be inferior in terms of what something will do so um, let's say Washington's a great example they've all got like 20 programs at 17 of which nobody uses in terms of what you're saying about it all being standardised, that's actually probably a good thing in terms of sizes and things because at least then that kind of takes that element of confusion away from things. Every appliance is designed to fit into a certain space in somebody's kitchen or bathroom, or particularly in the kitchen. All the places will fit underneath the worktop. They're all the same height. So that's one thing that doesn't confuse customers because they're all the same. Yeah, the word confusion is very interesting in all this because I think that's the last thing any brand would want to do. They're all trying to simplify things or trying to make things easy to sell. The example I think of, Dawn, 
is if you go and get a new phone in a phone shop, it's one of the worst retail experiences you can possibly have because you walk in there and there's loads of phones everywhere. They all look the same pretty much. They're all sort of rectangular black things. And there's a list of differentiation on them, which is the, the camera or the whatever it might be. And so you kind of settle on a camera and then you have to go through the whole process again in terms of your tariff and everything else. And then you end up in a situation where you, you're there in, the, in a showroom saying, all I want is a phone. I just Can I just have a phone, please? That's all I want. I can feel my stress levels rising already right. you're talking about that because I'm on the cusp of a new mobile soon. But that's the, last, that's the last thing any retailer wants their customer to feel in that situation. So it must be really hard for you guys as the actual retailers to sort of bring people down to earth with it all, to appreciate that they're going through this because that's just a phone. Multiply that by every single choice and decision you have to make when you're buying a kitchen. Definitely. It's, it's got to be really hard. So look, the consumer has an awful lot of choice put in front of them that's very difficult to decide. And you guys as the retailers therefore have to curate that choice on their behalf and to advise them and to guide them through it is there too much choice for you Dawn how do you keep up with it all how do you decide what's good and what isn't well for instance if we look at appliances we are an F retailer and we we find customers do really very much like the brand and we like to to sell it because we it gives us peace of mind and we know down the line you know is anything there might be the odd issue on the along the line with the quantity that you sell but generally we've been you know we know they're reliable they're good brands um so when customers come to us you know we will give them a handful of what they've asked for but we know that it does the job but we will say to them if you're anything do you want anything specific like a self-cleaning oven where you want to, you know, do let us know. I mean, generally the rule, we will give them, for instance, the sliding hide ovens because that's one invention that absolutely they all love because of Bake Off and they all aspire to have a slide and hide. Um, it really puts a smile on their face. You know, some people say, oh, it's not for me. I, I don't need it. But everybody does try to want to have that. It's fantastic. Um, but again, it's down to them if they want to add any more of the bells and whistles and specifications to them. Um, same as like sinks and taps. Um, we know what works well in our kitchens. We don't railroad customers into making those choices that we give them but when we um give them their paperwork there's usually about two or three sinks or taps on there that we recommend but if it's not to their liking we you know we tell them sell us so and we'll show them other options but at least we've honed it in a little bit for them same as when we show them worktop samples you're standing in front of the samples and straight away they discount the ones they really don't like straight away which is a really good way of doing it and then you can start honing on what they do like um, so it's just reducing the amount of choices out there for them. But often or not, they'll do it for themselves as well, which is useful. The slide and hide is a really good example because that is a clear differentiator. They're the only ones that have that, and therefore it's a clear difference. And particularly in a showroom, it's a very clear thing to demonstrate and to, to have a go at. But when you're running through that, do you, for example, go through all the different programs, all the different oh, options? Do you drag out all the training you've had to show all the different programs that these ovens have? Or do you basically say, look, it's got this slidey and hidey door and look, at you can cook a chicken at 200 degrees. I mean, how much detail do you go into? No, we're very, um, I mean, gosh, we're very simple people, really, at the end of the day. We're not a million miles away from that age. Again, my house, I've got neff hide and slides, but I've got the turnable knobs on it. You know, I haven't got the t all the fancy touch control because I didn't need it. And the same with our customers. I mean, again, we have the initial chat when they come into the showroom and you do get um, a picture of how they live at home. Do they have children? Is it just the two of them? As one of them said in conversation, they like to bake a lot and, you know, what do they need from their kitchen? So 
there's no point showing them elements that aren't going to be for them. So we will just hone it into what we feel is going to be ideal for them and their lifestyle. Some customers come in, just want a very practical kitchen. They're not overly fussed, you know, how it looks. They just want it to last and just look after itself. Other customers are all about all the internal accessories and it's more of keeping up the Joneses. So again, you just show them what they've asked you. What you want is when customers come in, they're all excited and it's fantastic. You have a chat and obviously then there's a, you can see that the clogs go around in their head as they're thinking about things. But again, at the end of the appointment, you want them smiling again because they've discounted the things that aren't required to them. And they've now been able to choose what they need and they've now reduced, you know, on their tick list what they've come in for. You've gone through all the areas and you've helped point them in the direction of, of what's available to them. And then they can start ticking things off the list. At least when they go out of the showroom, they know in their head, you know what, that oven's going to work for me. That sink's going to work for me. That kitchen range. They shouldn't then go away thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that. Why have they given me that? It's just all about, I think, knowing your customer. Andy, you talked about setting up the bathroom showroom then, the amount of choice that you were, you were faced with. From the consumer's point of view, you're the expert in all this. How do you curate it down to what you need? How do you make your choices? Because I think sometimes, particularly going back several years, consumers would walk in and they'd leave with armfuls of brochures, which is basically printing out all the choices and giving it to them, confusing them even more. Where do you start? So when I set it up, Andrew, it was a case of who is our customer now, where we were at at the time. The show was finished in April April this year, so it is really new. So we had an existing customer base that we didn't want to alienate. We want to enhance actually what uh, we were offering our, exi- our existing customers. But we also had a customer base that we wanted to attract. So for me, it was about not alienating our existing customers, but maybe getting them to aspire to something slightly different and attract a slightly different demographic. The two stores, the Bristol branch has got a longer established showroom feel to it. So their customer demographic is slightly different to the one in Sirencester and it's aimed at a slightly different customer at this point in time. The aim eventually is to move the Sirencester showroom to a similar position as, as the Bristol one. But you can't do that in one hit because straight away you alienate everyone who's already a customer and the people you want to attract probably don't even know about you. So in terms of create, curating the range, that was very much at the forefront of, of my thinking. I mean, Dawn's absolutely right in what she's saying about appliances. Keep it simple as possible. Most people have two or three things they want from a bathroom or an appliance or a kitchen. So keep it simple. If they ask about other things, then by all means explain them. Or if they get down to a choice of three, four options, then point out the differences between them, which may persuade them in one direction or another. But keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate things. So, Dawn, talk to me about knobs. <laughs> <laughs> Let me narrow that choice down for you. I can't help but feel that knobs sort of sums this whole issue up. Everything's going very digital. They feel that to, to make something feel expensive and modern, it has to have lots of touchscreen type displays on it. But it's come up a couple of times here that sometimes people want an, a knob to turn. Don't they? How do you feel about knobs on appliances? Well, I mean, we actually had a a couple come in to the showroom last week and actually throughout our conversation with the very end, her main top of her wish list was she wanted, um, they'd moved into a new home, but it had a a touch induction hob, but she could not get on with it. 
And so she said, I want one with, I want one with turnable knobs and it has to be on the front. And it's something that not what we've been asked for ages. And so I just had a quick Google, found a supplier straight away, a nice middle range brand, and it sorted that you found the solution to the problem. Perfect. Job done. So that's when a good choice of products is brilliant. But yeah, again, with knobs, like I've said earlier on, the showroom has um, the Nest um, ovens on display. And, and again, at my home, we specifically chose to keep with a certain range that has the turnable knobs. It still has a nice digital clock on it, but we do find people still like to turn the knobs on the ovens. The hops, they are a lot more, they get on fire with the touch control. Admittedly, the first couple of days, it does a little bit of water on the hob, you know, then a little bit takes a little while to get used to but once I got the hang of it's fantastic but again I guess even when you drive a car often or not you're still actually touching buttons aren't you I know that I am and I don't think that market will ever go because we when you get a little bit older and customers come to us or want a kitchen a lot of them actually go for the true handleless or the handleless ranges because they're flat they're simple to use easy to keep clean but again there's a there's a certain range where they can have three different types of handles either integrated the J profile they can have the true handleless or they can have a slab kitchen with the handles on. So if they're worried about grippage in the future, again, it's like turning the knobs on an oven. They can actually use a practical handle for operational. So again, it's good to have that sort of choice because it's more of a practical thing. Um, there's actually a market for it. Well, I'm not going to ask you specifically about knobs, Andy, but <laughs> I think this idea that it's almost simplicity is almost in itself becoming a differentiator. Does that make sense? I mean, like you said about washing machines, you know, if you just had one with two buttons, actually you'd sell loads of them. Yeah, as I say, keep things as simple as possible. Most people want something that is nice aesthetically. Of course they do. But it's more important that it's simple to use, that they can just use it day in, day out, no confusion. If it's got bells and whistles, great. But most people, as you say, don't use that kind of thing. It impresses the neighbours. But I mean, our demographic is similar to to dawns they are of a certain age certain generation where they just want something to work that's easy to use i think simplicity even going back to phones you know how, how many phones do you want to your phone shop and the range of things a phone will do is mind-boggling but most people these days want it to take a good photograph <laughs> and occasionally um and occasionally take a phone call and everything else, um, especially for customers of a certain age, it's all just fluff around the edges, to be honest. Well, look, I'm 52 next year, right? So I'm very firmly in this demographic. But I'm a tech person. I like my technology. I like gizmos and I like gadgets. But even I, we've just gone through it, haven't we? And in fact, I'm still sweating about it now. The biannual clock change. <laughs> yeah that you know i like to th- i'm quite technically minded i know how things work but oh my god sometimes that just makes you want to sm- smash your face in front of it into an oven because they just don't make these things very easy and really about phones is particularly iphones i find with apple products is that they have really concentrated on making it actually quite simple to use even though it's an incredibly sophisticated piece of kit you, you can use it all with your finger and it's quite user-friendly in that way. And I feel that sometimes, particularly with appliances, because that's where most of the technology sits, they don't really think of it in a particularly user-friendly way. They think of it in a kind of, let's see how many programs and functions we can cram into it kind of way. Can I just mention about the, about the clock? That made me laugh because um, my car is now officially the right time after six months. <laughs> <laughs> because I just could not... I test because it's just years ago and used to be so tricky and it just feels like it's still the same way. But if I walked into my, you know, got into my car one morning, it said, would you like us to update, the, the, you know, the time? Great. But 
I just could not get the right frame set to want to change it. So obviously for six months, I, you know, my, my car clock's been completely wrong, but now I feel satisfied. It's, it's matching. <laughs> so you want them to make it easy for you. But sometimes I think you just get so flustered or overwhelmed. It's going to be so complicated. You just cannot, you just cannot be bothered at the end of the day sometimes. And that makes this level of choice really difficult for you as the retailer to try and talk people through things. I'm sure there's a few retailers out there have had phone calls from people saying, I'm trying to reset the clock on this thing. How, how do I do it? Uh, and, of course, everyone does it in a different way, which is always equally confusing. If you've got half a dozen gadgets that all have a clock on them, which you might do in your house, they're all done slightly differently. You have to pull two buttons down at once and press a third one or whatever it is. And I struggle with it, and I'm usually pretty good with these kind of things. Speaking of all that, new products are coming out all the time as well, just to add to the level of choice how do you guys let's start with you andy how do you make sure that you your staff you've got a couple of big stores there how do you make sure that they they keep up with it all and that they are experts in it how do how do you ensure that happens well we have a really good relationship with our suppliers and of course it's in their interest to get their new products into us so we utilize their resources a lot of them have got really good sales representatives out on the road which is becoming a rarity i've got to say but a lot of them do have that still and they're willing to spend time explaining and going through things. Obviously, they're all there to sell something, so they're going to obviously portray something in the best light and explain their product is better than everybody else's, but you have to see past that. I think most of the manufacturers, certainly in the bathroom side that I've seen, have got really good literature. It's accessible not just to the customers, but to the staff as well. There's plenty of resource out there to look at to decide what we should and shouldn't be doing. But the other thing is listen, listen to what your customers are asking for. So if we're regularly getting asked for things that we're not showing, then obviously that goes on the list. Well, maybe we ought to look at that if, when, and how it becomes available. I think that listening to your customer side is, is really important when it comes to looking at making changes to your offer and, and what you're going to do. That's a very good point. And I think it's important that conversation with your rep, for instance, is very much a two-way conversation that you're feeding back to them all the time what people Absolutely. are looking for, you know, what, what people use or don't use or are interested in or not interested in. How about you, Dorm? Do you feel like Andy does that there's good literature or whatever out there? There's lots of help available to you if you need it? Yeah, I mean, like I say, we don't always need to keep up to date with the, with the absolute latest technology and everything because the core appliances and ranges work well for our customers and they never, they never seem to discontinue them. Obviously, they'll tweak the stylish features on them, the actual design. So that's all fine for us. Again, don't need a lot of visits from the reps, but when they do, they know us and they, they kind of need to speak to us and they know that how we speak to our customers. There's no point in telling us all about everything on that's new to their new ranges. They know who we are, they know our customers, and they speak to us in a similar fashion. That they'll touch them very very quickly. They might hone in on something they think could be of interest to us, but generally we try and focus on what suits our market. Um, and again, you know, we keep up to date with like um, emails from the suppliers, social media from that way, really. And also for other showrooms and you see them on social media, what they're putting up and, you, and it, it's all interesting. We're all in the same boat together, really. Yes, but equally, you want to differentiate yourself from the retailer down the road, your own competition as well, don't you? Yes, this is why, you know, we are a very small showroom and it works really well for us. So that. That's our kind of USP. Um, we're a family run, husband and wife, so our children are involved as well. That's how we get on really well with our customers and that's how we built our reputation up. We're not the all singing, all dancing on the main high street showroom. We're in a nice little rural um, business park, plenty of parking, 
And, um, you know, where we are, they used to be old chicken sheds, but they've converted them into retail spaces. And again, it's a lovely um, area that we, we're set up in, but we, we're not all bells and whistles. We're all about the caring approach. Just come in, be you know, be welcomed in and just have a nice experience with us. And we'll give you the information that you need, but we won't leave you overwhelmed, scratching your head, going out thinking, crikey, where do I go from here? Uh, we're all about sort of just creating a good experience, but on a smaller scale, really. Well, look, I could talk about knobs all day, but <laughs> I think well, I think the uh, the clock, which tells the wrong time, has beaten us for today. Thank you so much for your time today. It's really, really interesting. I think it, it's it's very telling, isn't it? When simplicity becomes a sales tool, being able to say something that's very simple and easy to use is the strongest sales tool of all. So, look, go back to your day jobs. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Don. Thanks, you, Andrew. Oh, lovely. Yeah, thank you. Have a good afternoon. That was Dawn Theobald Park and Andy Stockwell. Huge thanks to them for coming on. I think there's an awful lot to be said about the sales potential of products that have simplicity and user-friendliness as their principal USPs rather than how cutting edge they are. It would be really interesting to hear what you think. You can find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis or email me on andrewdavis at taylorsmedia.com and I'll put that email address in the episode description. I'll see you next time. Thank you.